just about that action, boss. But I'm asking you is a simple question. We we talk about the GOAT here, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, and you running your mouth talking about you're going to be the one-on-one. Why would you say something so blasphemous? blasphemous? He would need help. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Back for the start of the fourth quarter. Coach Popovich, your thoughts on the third quarter. We're behind. You're listening to Sunday Sports Central, brought to you by 88.1 The Berg, KCWU. Welcome to Sunday Sports Central. This is the first episode on the year. Thank you guys for tuning in. For the next two hours from 9 to 11, we'll be talking about some national sports headlines here on 88.1 The Berg. And I am your host, Austin Lane. Joining me today, my wonderful co-host, Mr. Will Ortner. Will, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing great, Austin. Woke up, had a cup of joe, got out here to the studio. After the studio, getting ready to go out and have some practice. I'm just excited. It's a wonderful day. I'm happy to be back in the studio. I'm so excited. You're right about that. It is a wonderful Sunday outside here in Ellensburg, Washington. Looking pretty sunny. Uh, I also woke up and had to get some coffee because this is an early show start. But, hey, that's okay. That's what we're doing the jobs for, right? All right, here we go. Um, uh, uh, Today we're going to be talking about NBA Eastern Conference headlines from this past weekend. Uh, A little bit later in the show, we'll be going over some NFL draft stuff. But coming up right now, we're going to be going into the NBA Western side of things with some conference headlines from those side of the playoffs. And also joining us today is 88.1 The Berg's own NBA expert, Jordan Riley Payne. JRP, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Mr. Lane. Y'all, you're welcome. You're always welcome to sit in here, especially with NBA playoffs times. And, you know, the first thing I want to talk about, I think the biggest headline out of this past weekend has got to be the local team until we get a Seattle team, obviously. Uh, Portland Trailblazers getting swept by the sixth seed New Orleans Pelicans. And I got something I found this morning I want to share with you guys from USA Today, a big stat coming out right here. Uh, let me just read this straight off. The third-seeded Trailblazers were swept by the sixth-seeded New Orleans Pelicans in their first-round playoff series on Saturday at the Smoothie King Center where they fell 131-123 to in Game 4 and thus proved seemingly every prog- prognosticator wrong in the process. Now, what does that mean? Uh, they also go on to say... Not only did all four of their sports experts pick Portland, but all, get this, 22 of ESPN's writers and all six from CBS Sports did as well. The only two people that got it right and picked the Pelicans for the upset were the Washington Post and the Action Network. So Portland Trailblazers getting swept. I know the first two games were at home. They couldn't take a game at home, went on the road. I know a bunch of people were saying, oh, now they got to go on the road. You know, how are they going to get this done? They couldn't get it done. Uh, I've heard everyone around here saying, you know, we were outmatched down below with Anthony Davis. Uh, And then even when Anthony Davis couldn't have as big a game as game one, Drew Holiday stepped in, scored 33 points in the second game. Uh, So yeah, that'll definitely be the big news today. Uh, But what I want to talk about right now is How bad is this for Portland's legacy? Uh, We know that Portland won the NBA championship only once in their uh, history in 1976. Uh, They also went in 1989 and 1991, but they lost both of those NBA finals. And coming in this year as a three seed, you know, they were a little bit under the radar. Uh, They came out kind of like the same thing as the three seed on the eastern side with the 76ers. Uh, They kind of came out, I wouldn't say of nowhere, but to get a three seed in a conference that also has Golden State and Houston, I'd say that's a pretty good achievement. But like I said, the legacy for Portland, you know, is it damaged after this game? I would say no as long as they can keep Lillard in the 
uh, postseason. Okay. Once the season's done, off season, can you keep Damian Lillard? Can you keep him around? Because if he leaves, you're left with basically just McCollum and Norisic or whatever his name is down low. That's about it. You're barely making it into the playoffs with that schedule, and then if you don't, you're not getting a good lottery pick. I would say if they can keep Lillard, they're fine. They lose in the first round all the time. We're really good at it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that you are right about. Um, Jordan, how are you feeling about Portland's legacy after getting swept in the first round like this? Well, you mean the Portland Trailblazers, you know, they were never considered a championship contender this season. Mm-hmm. Heck, they've never been a championship contender ever, you know, until this season. They have been the dark horse all through the playoffs. They were, the, you know, the top seed in the Western Conference, losing to a lower division seed with uh, New Orleans Pelicans, you know, mm-hmm. leading with Anthony Davis. So I think the what the Trailblazers need to do during this offseason is to look for that one missing piece. Now, one missing piece is a small forward position to fill that void. Because if not, then I'm sorry, the Portland Trailblazers are still going to be stuck at in the same position as they were this year and not get anywhere yeah, in the future. I, I like the point you bring up there. Um, the Pelicans are going to be more than likely taking on the Golden State Warriors now, and I honestly don't see them beating the Golden State Warriors, and I could not have seen the Portland Trailblazers taking uh, taking out the Golden State Warriors in the second round either. Um, but, I mean, the same thing, you know, it's very saddening. We got a lot of Portland Trailblazers fans here at the station. Uh, Shout-outs mm-hmm. to, you know, Gage McHenry, Rachel Davey, uh, Soma Lambert, bunch of those, Will bunch of those Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> Will Ortner also <laughs> in the studio. John. <laughs> um, I don't follow NBA that much. I want to Seattle team back, but I guess I, I guess I can say I'm a Portland fan for right now, and I put yeah. air quotes and so you guys can't see those, but uh, being, being so close to the Portland Trailblazers, it was kind of – uh, depressing feel this past uh, week here in the station. You know, everyone coming in, wearing their Trailblazers jerseys, even down 0-2, 0-3 in the series, I heard, you know, oh, we're not going to get swept. You know, <laughs> it went from, hey, we're going to win the series to, hey, we'll take a couple games to please just take game four, and then now we got swept. You know, that's why I do feel like it is a little damaging to the legacy to come, uh, like I said a little bit earlier, not out of nowhere, but kind of a little bit out of nowhere to get the three seed. You know, I, I wasn't going into the season expecting them to get a three seed, but kudos to them for doing that. Um, but like you said, Will, I want you to bring up a good point. They were only a couple games away from being uh, seeded three versus six for the Pelicans and the Trailblazers. They were only, only a couple games away, you said? Yeah, so basically when I was looking at it, it was really close other than Houston and Golden State. Everyone knew those guys are getting in. But in three through eight, everyone was like within two or three games. It wasn't that far out of the realm. So when the Blazers were playing the Pelicans as the three versus six, to me, it almost seemed like a four versus five matchup, very even. The issue with the Blazers is they're soft down low. And I would definitely agree with Jordan that they need a small forward who can play defense. They need a defensive specialist because Damian Lillard can't play defense. C.J. McCollum can't play defense, and that's not what they're asked to do. They're asked to score points, get assists. We need a strong, physical guy. I'm going to go play great defense, and I'm going to go get every rebound. They're just really soft down low, and I think that's what Anthony Davis exploited. And what's crazy is because DeMarcus Cousins was hurt, Anthony Davis did it all on his own. Imagine Mm -hmm. if DeMarcus Cousins was healthy, how bad this would be. These games weren't close. They got dominated yes so as a Blazers fan I'm kind of like well 
we did okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got swept, but you know what? We were outmatched down low, and we still did okay. So you win some, you lose some. It is a little bit unlucky. I know that race for uh, the Western Conference playoffs coming down to the end of the season, I do know that they were all relatively right next to each other, like you said, other than Houston and Golden State. So it is kind of unlucky to going into the playoffs, getting unmatched so big like that against, you know, you got guys who can't play defense and you're going up against Anthony Davis, you know. And I heard a bunch of people talking about that as well. It's like, hey, we're, there's no way we're going to win this series. After the first two games, they were like, there's no way we're winning the series. We're getting outmatched everywhere. And, yeah, I think it is a big thing for Portland to go in the offseason, go get a big guy, uh, go get some guy who can get some rebounds, who can match up with guys like Anthony Davis, even though no one can really in the mm -hmm. NBA right now. But yes. go get someone. Uh, Jordan, what do you think about the offseason for Portland? Who do you think they could pick up? Oh, man. There's a lot of big, you know, offseason candidates coming in. You know, there's, you know, Boogie Cousins, who's going through the Achilles. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, LeBron James. We all know who we all know where he wants to go. But, you know, we all feel like he's going to probably stay in Cleveland or, you know, go to L.A. or Houston. You know, there's also like Paul George. You know, there's a, there's numerous free agents that they can pick up and sign. But the thing is, it's what position what player will help them the most mm -hmm. you know because you can you can sign anyone but which one will create a major impact for the team you know yeah and you know i don't i feel bad for you know terry stouts you know i like him as a coach you know i feel like there's a lot of pressure on his job and jeopardy you know on you know trying to keep on competing and winning you know he's doing the best he can you know he's doing the best he can you know damian lillard is trying to lead a team you know but he's still pretty young you know he's still kind of trying to find because you know he just finally became an all-star you know yeah. you know you see how long it took him to become an all-star so now he's finally feeling you know that leadership role and that pressure that now he knows what to do you know in order to keep keep playing in uh portland yeah and i i think portland might have a problem getting the guy they need this offseason you know uh, i think portland's kind of a small market yes um they don't have the draw power that the la lakers do the boston celtics do you know even teams like the philadelphia 76ers coming out of this year do um, so I don't know if they'll be able to find that guy that they need. Um, but I guess we'll just have to sit back and hope, you know, for <laughs> for the local team for uh, yeah. this offseason. Yeah, pray, pray to God. <laughs> God's plan. Yeah, God's plan for uh, Portland Trailblazers. I, I really do hope we see them in the playoffs next year. Um, I hope they don't go from a three seed to not even being in the playoffs, you know. Um, and they might even find their guy, and who knows, they might surprise us next year and start taking out teams like Golden State and Houston, which is going to be a very tough task going yeah. forward. I would definitely hope that whoever they get, they do it the smart way and do it with defense. Yeah. Yeah. They have their scores. Go mm -hmm. build your defense. Go get your Dennis Rodman type guy. <laughs> yeah, that is right. Uh, last couple of quick facts about this series. Uh, New Orleans became the first number six seed or lower to sweep its first round series since the NBA switched from its best of five format in 2003. So that's a little cool fact. And then secondly, the Trailblazers, who could surely reevaluate their future plans now that they've been in upset in such a f stunning fashion. Um, they've lost 10 consecutive playoff games. And just like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, Portland's legacy might be a little bit damaged from this series. Uh, but moving forward now, um, New Orleans Pelicans winning that series. They're going to take on more than likely the Golden State Warriors. They're going for the sweep against the San Antonio Spurs today at 1230. So after this show, go ahead and watch some NBA playoffs. we got good games today. Um, so, yeah, Golden State going for the sweep against San Antonio. They're up 3-0. 
Meanwhile, on the other side of the bracket, the Houston Rockets actually lost to the Timberwolves last night, which I did not see that coming. I thought that was going to be a sweep as well. Um, so the Warriors are looking to take out the Spurs, um, moving moving on to today, and then the Rockets losing yesterday to the T-Wolves. What does that mean? Does that tell us that Golden State is better than Houston and they'll win the conference finals if those two match up? Or is this just you know a one game like, okay, Rockets you know threw a game against T-Wolves, they'll be fine? I personally think, as I've always thought uh, this year, that Golden State is the better team as long as they have Steph Curry. I don't think the Rockets play as well defensively, Harden's a liability. And I think the Timberwolves winning isn't so much as a Rockets letdown as it is Timberwolves' first game at home, playoff game at home since, like, 2004. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They haven't won since 2004. Carl Anthony Towns had been getting ripped in the media for not showing up. He went out and had a big game. It was an electric atmosphere down in Minnesota. So I just think that it wasn't so much as the Rockets losing as it was the Timberwolves winning. Okay. And I think it doesn't change my opinion. Golden State is going to dominate them as they go to the play, as they go into the championship. Okay, and you guys don't think it's a problem that Houston gave up 125 points to the T-Wolves, even if it is at home. You know, they're playing for their crowd for in the playoffs for the first time since you said 2004. You don't think that's a problem? No, I don't think that's a problem at all because, you know, Timberwolves, you know, they need that momentum to, you know, get back in the swing of things. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it on paper, Timberwolves have a very good roster, you know. So we'd expect them to, you know, like to be honest, my predictions uh, before the season was, you know, Timberwolves would be, you know, Top five seed, not not the bottom, you know, eight. Okay. So, you know, the Timberwolves, I feel like, are going through a lot of, you know, pressure and high expectations. But then you got to remember, this is the first time they've all been together and played together as a team. Okay. So, yeah. I feel like if – I feel like the, the, um, the Rockets should win this series yeah. easily. Yeah. But have no faith for the, you know, Timberwolves. They'll be back next year. But going on to next – Round my prediction for the Warriors and the Rockets. I do believe Golden State will win that series just because, like what you said, Will, Harden is a liability and the Rockets' defense isn't always top notch because they always rely on, you know, the three point shot, even though Golden State does. But that's just how, you know, got to tune up their team. I also look at their head coach. They have D'Antonio or D'Antoni, and he's never been known ever for his defense. He's known for running the ball down the court, chucking up threes. Get as many shots as you can. It's all about quantity, not quality. And with his teams, they dominate in the regular season. When he was the coach of the Phoenix Suns, Steve Nash won an MVP. Amari Stoudemire was huge. They looked amazing. They get into the playoffs, and then they get smacked by a team that plays good, solid defense. And I think that's how you're going to win titles. And I think Golden State, with Steve Kerr as their coach, they're going to play good defense. They're going to get quality looks. They're going to shoot the ball well. And the Rockets are just going to run into a brick wall. And again, with that uh, Western Conference seeding fiasco at the end of the season, um, it's not like the Timberwolves are just a bad team. You know, we've seen eight seeds get in with even a losing record before, I think, in the NBA. So uh, it's not like they're a bad team. You know, they got mixed in. They could have just as well been a seven, six, or even a five seed coming down into the end of the season. Um, but. I do agree with both of you guys. I think it will be Houston and Golden State in the conference finals. Uh, Jordan's going with Golden State. I'm going to go with Houston. I think they have a better chance as the one seed. I know Steph Curry might be coming back, but 
we, we saw during the regular season, I think Houston is just a better team overall. I think they'll find a way to win. Um, and then I'm not going to give you my Eastern Conference predictions yet. That'll be coming up a little bit later in the show. But Western side of things, I will have Houston over Golden State in the conference finals. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about Golden State. Uh, in game one and two, according to Golden State of Mind, that's their uh, personal, not personal, but their own team team blog page on online, goldenstateofmind.com said, the one area of concern for the Warriors is turnovers. Both game one and two, they had too many dumb plays and miscommunications, but the Warriors were able to keep it under control in game three. And so this is just a series against the seven seed San Antonio Spurs. I think if that continues into the conference finals, that will be very bad for them. I don't see them getting through Houston, especially if they're making mistakes against the seven seed. You cannot make those mistakes against Houston coming into that series. Jordan, what do you think will be going on in the Western Conference Finals when it comes down to it? Man, just hopefully, you know, like what you were talking about, referring to earlier, that, yeah, it's all about defense. You know, you if you're the Golden State, you know, you can't just keep turning the ball over, you know, position after possession, you know. You can't do that, especially against a seventh seed like the San Antonio and Spurs. Yeah. So in order for them to become the top-notch dog like we've all seen them throughout these years, they need to lower those, you know, those turnovers. So that's why Steph needs to come back into that lineup because, you know, he is – the point guard. I understand, you know, Draymond Green, KD, they can all they all have, you know, they're all ball dominant players, but you need that point guard and that leadership to help them overcome. I agree with you, Jordan, because I'm gonna steal this stat from Colin Cowherd and it's a little outdated. But what he was saying was when Steph Curry was healthy and Kevin Durant was hurt, the Warriors had like a winning percentage of over eight hundred, something like that. But when Steph Curry was hurt, they were below 500 when it came to wins and losses. And I think that shows just how important and just how good of a player Steph Curry is. He's a great facilitator because this team has so many stars. You have Andre Drummond, Clay Thompson, uh, Kevin Durant, obviously. You have some good guys on the bench, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. You have to find a way to get these guys touches. And Steph Curry does a good job of knowing when it's his time to shoot his time to turn it on, take the three ball, but also when to pass the ball around. Make sure that everyone gets their touches, everyone gets their looks. And when he's not in there, it's a glaring fact to me that they're just not as good of a team. Here's a here's a big problem I'm seeing for Houston. Uh, like I said, I think they will beat the Golden State Warriors, but in that game three against the Timberwolves, also I'd like to correct myself. I said the T-Wolves scored 125 points in game three. They scored 121 at home, still beat them 121 to 105, but... What I'm seeing when I'm going back over this game, you know, first half it was pretty close, and then second half looks like the Rockets ran out of steam a little bit. They got outscored 35-24 uh, to 24 in the third quarter, and then the T-Wolves would even win the fourth quarter 34-30 to 30 for that total score of 121-105. to 105. But um, I'm looking around the news headlines from the game, and all they're saying is the T-Wolves won because Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns emerge. Now, take that little microcosm of a topic and apply it to the Western Conference Finals if it's Houston and Golden State. You will be seeing those headlines again no matter what. I guarantee you, you will be seeing a headline that says, Steph Curry emerges in Game 2 to take the win, or Kevin Durant has a big game to take the win. But I still think the series goes to 7 and Houston finds a way to pull it out. You were naming off uh, the Warriors' big, guy, big names, you know, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, uh, guys like that. When I look at the Rockets roster, I don't necessarily see as big a names. You know, obviously they have James Harden, Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, guys like that. But when you're just looking at 
matchups individually. I think Golden State wins on individual matchups, but I think as a team, Houston finds a way. You know, there's a reason they're the one seed. They're going to find a way to get to the NBA Finals. Any thoughts on that? I would just my issue is the track record of Mark D'Antoni versus the track record of Steve Kerr. Because when you go into the playoffs, coaching is a huge focal point. And when you don't coach defense, it's hard to win championships. Mm -hmm. There's a reason they say defense wins championships. Most of the time, the best defensive team takes the series. And if you don't put a focal point on it, you don't practice it, it's hard for me to lean on you and say, you know what? You can give up 120 points, but you're going to score 121. It's just hard for me to trust a team like that. Even with someone as good as James Harden or Chris Paul, mm-hmm. I just I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can see where you're coming from with that. But like I said, Houston Rockets coming in at the one seed, uh, Golden State coming in at the two seed. I think they're... I think they're really close. I think no matter what, though, the series goes to Game 7. I think that's going to be a really good series in the Western side of things. So, um, Other scores from the NBA from this past weekend, though. Jazz taking Game 3 over the Thunder by a score of 115-102 to 102 yesterday. Um, that series has also been going on for a little while. Jazz-Thunder, I haven't been able to watch that one much. Uh, that's the 4-5 seed in the Western Conference side. You guys have any thoughts on that series? Who do you think is going to win that series between the Jazz and Thunder now that the Jazz are up 2-1 to one on Oklahoma City? Well, I think, you know, it's, it'll be Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. reason why is they got the man, Westbrook. This guy has been averaging triple-doubles for, you know, at least two seasons. But the thing is... I'm just concerned about Westbrook's leadership. As we all can see, mm-hmm. you have three dominant ball players on the same roster. It's hard for each of them to get an amount of touches, you know, so it's kind of hard to spread the love in OKC. Like, they have the potential to become, you know, one of the best teams, but due to leadership and, you know, selfish play, that's going to defeat them the purpose. And I really think, you know, the Utah, sad to say, they are one of the, probably the best defensive teams, you know, even with the loss of Gordon Haywood this offseason. They're still putting up numbers, doing defensive stops. As you can see, Rudy Gobert playing might be the defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell has should be or has, you know, or has a chance to be rookie of the year due to, you know, Ben Simmons going to be the rookie of the year. So, you know, I just like the way um, OKC is going at this moment, but they just honestly need to slow down if they really want to keep winning. Will, you got any thoughts on this 4-5 matchup between the uh, Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder on the western side? As a big shocker, I'm going to go with the team with the best defense. <laughs> <laughs> big defense I, guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's drilled into me through football. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a big, <laughs> uh, I'm a big defensive guy, but I would go with the Jazz here personally. I like the star power of Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony, but I think it's the Jazz's turn. They're young. They're fun to watch. They play great defense. They play sound defense. I forget the name of the coach right now off the top of my head, but he's very similar to a Brad Stevens type to me. Mm-hmm. He's a great coach, good young coach, and he's going to lead this team to, I think, 15 years of relevance. They're really good, and I think this is just the beginning for Utah. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that. I think the Utah Jazz take this series. Game one, we saw Paul George have a huge game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, 
So if you take out Paul George, you know, there's I don't think there's any way that Oklahoma City wins that game. Now, granted, you can't just take out someone's stats, of course. He had a big game. That's why they won. But the problem I see for Oklahoma City, like you said, Jordan, they got three main ball handlers. And I think in game two and three, they had trouble trying to find a way to share the ball. And yes, while yes. on the other side of the court, the Utah Jazz are finding ways to get a bunch of guys involved. Now, while it is a big difference that Oklahoma City has three big names in Carmelo, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, I think the Jazz find a way to play as a team, move the ball, get it around to everybody else. You know, they got Ricky Rubio, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, all in the starting five. Um, obviously not as big a names, but I think that the problem the Oklahoma City Thunder have is going to be coming down to the end of the series, um, finding a way to share the ball, get everyone involved. You know, Paul George has one big game. They win, sure. Game two, nobody has a big game. They all have pretty good games, but nobody has a big game. They lose. Same thing in game three. Utah Jazz are finding a way to play as a team better than the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I think that's why they win that series. Any thoughts on that, Jordan? I do agree with you on that, you know, because, you know, if you have Ricky Rubio, he'll pass anyone. Yeah. Like, he's not a selfish player. Donovan Mitchell is not a selfish player. These guys are looking to get their teammates more involved so they have a better chance of winning. Because if you think about it, you know, Utah, like, they – because think about it. Utah is another dark horse coming into the season. No one thought they were going to be where they are to this day. So now Utah is trying to prove everyone wrong on how well they're doing this offseason. So, Mm -hmm. like, I do agree with you guys. I think Jazz have the chance to win it. But my opinion, I I would rather see OKC win just because it will be – you know, more excitable matchup going into the next off season, yeah. into the next round. You know, yeah, so yeah. but we'll see. I think you guys' predictions are very, you know, could be correct too. You know, yeah. But game seven, I can see that coming in, coming up. Yes. I also can't see that. I do think it will go to game six or seven, possibly. Yes. Uh, I think me, me and Will are are in agreement here that uh, I think the Jazz just have a little bit of an edge because mm-hmm. you're looking at the Thunder. You know. Uh, game three yesterday, they lost 102 to 115 to the Jazz. They had Paul George score 23 min- uh, 23 points in 40 minutes. Then Carmelo had 14. Russell Westbrook had 14. He almost got his triple Ws, one assist away. Um, but you know, they're they're finding they found a way to share the ball, but they're still not getting the production out of all of the team as a whole, like the Utah Jazz did. When we look at the Jazz stats, you know. You had Joe Ingles get 21, Rudy Gobert 18, Ricky Rubio 26, even Donovan Mitchell with 22. They're just finding a way to get everyone involved better than the Thunder right now. And like you said, Will, defense is a big part of this series. What do you think is the difference for the Utah Jazz in this? I think it's defense, and I want to touch on a key point as well. They're not star players yet because they're young. I think Rudy Gobert, just as Jordan said, possible defensive player of the year, he's going to be a star. That's a guy that does things the right way. He wins on the defensive end. Ricky Rubio is not as big of a household name as he used to be, but that's a dude that's just a stat sheet stuffer, mm-hmm. to quote Dick yes. Vitale. He's going to get you his points, but he's going to get assists. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get steals. He's a great team player. And then Donovan Mitchell, he's young. He's going to make his mistakes at times, but he's going to go out there. He's going to get his points. He's going to share the ball. And I think that boils down to the coach. He's a great coach. He's a great young star of a coach. He's going to be very similar to Popovich, I think, in basketball circles. And so I'm excited to see what the Utah Jazz do. I'm sad because they're in the same conference as my Trailblazers, and I think the Blazers are going to have their work cut out for them. But I think this is the awakening of sorts 
to the national media of the Utah Jazz. Awesome. All right. Later on in the show, we'll be talking a little bit about the NFL draft, what that will have in, in store for us. And then after that, we'll be talking about no hitters in the MLB. Are they a thing of the past? Coming up right after this break, though, we'll be hitting the eastern side of things on the NBA conference. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a couple minutes. This is Sunday Sports Central.